Welcome to the penultimate edition of the ET Considers Everything podcast for Monday, December 16th, 2019. On this edition, we'll be taking a look back at the VHSL High School Football State Championship games from over the weekend. Also, with a recap of the Army-Navy game from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, a quick recap of the college football awards that took place there on Wednesday night and the Heisman Trophy presentation on Saturday, and a full look back on the NFL Week 15 schedule, and a quick look ahead to the New Year's Six Bowl games for the college football season. So let's, without further ado, let's go ahead and get going with this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. First off, I'd like to give a big shout out and congratulations to all of the local teams that made it to the Virginia High School League football playoffs this year including Ridgeview, Union, Central, J.I. Burton, Eastside, Gate City, and much, much more. Of course, Graham and Patrick Henry made it the furthest out of the team from Region D, making it all the way to the VHSL Final Four. Patrick Henry would lose to uh, Galax by a score of 41-16. Meanwhile, Appomattox would defeat... um, Graham by a final score of 41-7 to to advance to the VHSL Region 2 state championship game. But those two teams made it the farthest out of anybody in Southwest Virginia. But a big round of applause to all the teams that made it to the VHSL playoffs around our region. It's a fantastic showing this year. It's going to be a lot of fun to see how competitive football is going to be throughout the next few years. I really look forward to seeing what's all in store as the next season approaches. So with that being said, let's go ahead and take a look back at the VHSL State Championship games from Saturday. In Region 1, number 1 seed Galax was 12-1. They took on number 1 seed Riverheads, who was 14-0. This game was at Salem City Stadium. And Riverheads pulls out a close win over Galax. That score, 31-24. Riverheads wins their second straight VHSL Region 1 state championship. Region 2 state championship game, number one seed Appomattox was 12-2. They took on number one seed Stewart's Draft, who was 12-1. This game was also taking place at Salem City Stadium. And Appomattox comes out on top of this one. They defeat Stewart's Draft by a final score of 42-21. Appomattox wins their fourth state championship in the last five years. And their amazing run slash dynasty continues. This team just continues to amaze me each and every season and how much longevity that they have. And the kids that they continue to produce as football players is just truly remarkable. And they made the playoff five straight years, won the state title four of those five years. Just an unbelievable run for Appomattox. And they should be back in the running next year for another VHSL state championship in Region 2. Region 3 state championship game took place between the number one seed Hopewell, who was 13-0, and the number one seed Lord Botetot, who was also 13-0. This game took place at Liberty University. Hopewell defeats Lord Botetot by a final score of 35-7. Now, I'm pretty familiar with Lord Botetot, really not all that familiar with Hopewell, but they are a very strong school, and they deserve to win the state title. Lord Botetot deserved every uh, reason and chance in the world to be there to compete for the state title, and they make our region proud each and every year that they compete. But 
wasn't meant to be this season as Hopewell comes out on top for the Region 3 state championship. Region 4 state championship took place between the number 2 seed Duels Tuscarora, 12-1, and one. the number 1 seed Lake Taylor, who is at 11-2. and two. This game also took place at Liberty University. And Lake Taylor comes out on top on this one by a final score of 34-14. to 14. So congratulations to Lake Taylor. They win the Region 4 state championship. Region 5 state championship took place between the number 2 seed Moray, 13-0, and the number 1 seed Stonebridge, who is 11-1. This game took place at Hampton University. And Moray comes out on top on this one by a final score 28-21 over Stonebridge. In the Region 6 state championship game, it was Oscar Smith, 12-1, number 1 seed. It's the number 1 seed, South County, who is 13-0. This game also took place at Hampton University. South County wins a close one. The closest of all the VHSL state championship games from Saturday, defeating Oscar Smith by a final score of 14-13. So, big congratulations to all the teams that won the VHSL state championships in football this past weekend. Now it's on to basketball season, and it's going to be a very competitive season here locally in not only the Southwest District, but in the Cumberland District and in the Mountain 7 District as well. Uh, it's going to be really a changing of the guard season, I feel like, as um, Central, you know, they're still a really good team, but got a lot of growing pains to go through this season as they lose several seniors from their state championship runs that they had here over the past four years. And... Um, just an unbelievable run that Central has had. And they'll continue to play strong. We'll see if they can make the region tournament once again and be a factor coming in in late February. The annual Army-Navy game took place from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. It's the 120th edition of the Army-Navy game. Navy comes out on top on this one, 31-7, on the strength of over 300 yards rushing and three rushing touchdowns for the Naval Academy in this game. And that sealed the deal. And Navy comes out on top 31-7. to This was the first Navy victory in the series. Since 2015, Army had a three-game winning streak entering Saturday's game. But Navy comes out on top in this one, final score 31-7. to uh, Let's go ahead and take a look at the 2019 College Football Award winners. The Heisman Trophy winner was LSU quarterback Joe Burrow. The Davey O'Brien Quarterback Award winner went to Joe Burrow of LSU as well. The Walter Camp Player of the Year went to Joe Burrow of LSU. The Mackey Award went to Harrison from Florida Atlantic. Doak Walker Running Back Award went to Jonathan Taylor, running back from Wisconsin. The Dick Buckus Award went to Isaiah Simmons, defensive end from Clemson. The Lou Groza Award went to Rodrigo Blakingship, a kicker from Georgia. The Benaric Award for the nation's top defensive end. The Buckus Award went to Isaiah Simmons. He was a linebacker. Benaric Award went to the nation's top defensive tackle slash defensive end. That went to Chase Young from Ohio State. And... The winner 
of the Bolitnikoff Award was Jamar Chase from LSU. So there's a look back at the college football award winners from this past weekend. Uh, hard to believe that the college football regular season is over and we're on to the 2019 bowl season. Uh, get to that a little bit later on in the podcast. Um, several big time games coming up. And should be a lot of fun to see what all unfolds, not only in the college football playoff, but in the New Year's Six Bowl games, also in one of my favorite bowl games that there are each year, the Citrus Bowl. Um, got the Outback Bowl, it's going to be a lot of fun. Holiday Bowl is going to be a great matchup. Uh, just many bowl games to look forward to. Um, I believe there's too many bowl games. Don't want to go off on a diatribe on that, but... Uh, 40 bowl games is way too many. Um, I feel like if they done cut that number by 10 and done 30, that would be plenty. Um, simply because a team that finishes 6-6, six and six, uh, really, you know, they had a good year, solid year. They don't deserve to have the opportunity to play in a bowl game, in my opinion. The uh, cutoff should be 7-5 and five and higher. And... If there is the chance that, like in 32 bowl games, that'd be 64 teams, if there is the chance that one of those teams need to fill in at 1-6, you take the best 6-6 six and six team, and you go by strength of schedule, conference record, uh, overall quality of opponents, and um, just go from there. So there's my, my take on the bowl system. Um, it's it's a lot better for fans to watch it, but as far as teams participating in bowl games, I think there is too many. So, there's my thought on that. Week 15 of the NFL schedule already took place, and Thursday and Sunday games are in the books. Go ahead and take a look back on those scores. On Thursday night football, the Baltimore Ravens defeated the New York Jets 42-21 to on the strength of... Five total touchdowns from Lamar Jackson. Four touchdown passes. One touchdown run for him in that game. And he continues to prove why he should be the favorite to win the MVP if he stays healthy. Games from Sunday. The 200th all-time meeting between the Chicago Bears and the Green Bay Packers took place on Sunday afternoon at Lambeau Field. This was a 1 p.m. kickoff. The Green Bay Packers defeat the Chicago Bears by a final score of 21-13, winning their 99th game in the series. Chicago's won 95, and there has been six ties in the series. So there's you a recap of the total series up to this point. So congratulations to Green Bay going 11-3. They will play the Minnesota Vikings coming up this Monday night for more than likely the NFC North Championship. Philadelphia... Eagles were 6-7 and seven there at the Washington Redskins, who are 3-10. and 10. Philadelphia picks up the victory in this one late, scoring two touchdowns in the final two minutes to defeat the Redskins 37-27. Seattle was 10-3. They were at Carolina, who were 5-8. Seattle defeats Carolina by a final score of 30-24. New England was 10-3. They were at Cincinnati, who were 1-12. New England picks up the victory over Cincinnati in this one by a final score of 34-14. to Tampa Bay was 6-7 there at Detroit, who were 3-9-1. and 
Tampa Bay picks up the victory in this one over Detroit, 38-17. Denver was 5-8 and eight there at Kansas City, who were at 9-4. This game was played in a blizzard-type conditions in Kansas City with a very snowy field. Kansas City picks up the victory in this one over Denver by a final score of 23-3. Miami was 3-10. They're at the New York Giants, who are at 2-11. The New York Giants defeated the Miami Dolphins by a final score of 36-20 in what very well could be the final start of Eli Manning's career at home at MetLife Stadium. Um... You know, I, I, a lot of people like to pick on Peyton Manning, or on Eli Manning, excuse me, and I totally understand that. I, I get why they want to do that. But sometimes, you know, you have to take a look at the totality of the career and what they do. And Eli Manning has won two Super Bowls. He's been to the playoffs multiple times. He's led his team into position to be a Super Bowl champion two times, along with Tom Coughlin two-time Super Bowl winner, and in my opinion, a Hall of Fame head coach, I believe Eli Manning, giving all the interceptions that he's had in his career, all the touchdown passes of his career, the totality of his career is a Hall of Fame resume, and I'll say it right now, I believe Eli Manning is definitely a Hall of Famer. If you defeat the New England Patriots two times in a Super Bowl, one time, the New England Patriots being 18-0 and 0 entering that game, I might add you. That's enough to be a Hall of Famer, in my opinion. So, there's my thoughts on that. Moving on, the Houston Texans were 8-5. and five. They were at the Tennessee Titans, who were also in 8-5. and five. This game was taking place in Nashville, Tennessee, and was for first place in the AFC South. Houston comes out on top in this one by a final score of 24-21 over Tennessee. Cleveland was six and seven. They were Arizona, who were three nine and one. Arizona picks up the victory in this one over Cleveland by a final score of thirty-eight to twenty-four. Um, I'll comment this on Cleveland. I'll move on right quick. Cleveland has underseeded, um, underachieved this year as far as their expectations are concerned. Um, they've got a lot of talented players on that roster. They can all just gel together and just coexist as a cohesive unit and play to the strengths of everybody on that team, they would be a very competitive bunch and could very well be in the playoff hunt. But unfortunately, it's not meant to be. And uh, that's going to be very interesting to see if Cleveland will decide to hang on to their head coach, Freddie Kitchens, or decide to go in a new direction. If they do go in a new direction... Do not be surprised if the next head coach of the Cleveland Browns and general manager of the Cleveland Browns potentially could be Urban Meyer, who has a strong connection to the Ohio community. Moving on, the Jacksonville Jaguars were 4-9. They were against the Oakland Raiders, who were 6-7. and seven. Final game for the Oakland Raiders at the Oakland Coliseum before they move to Las Vegas next se season. Jacksonville defeats Oakland 20-16. to Minnesota was 9-4. They were at the L.A. Chargers, who were 5-8. Minnesota picks up the victory in this one over the Chargers, 39-10. The Los Angeles Rams were 8-5. They were at Dallas, who was 6-7 entering this game. Dallas defeated the L.A. Rams convincingly by a final score of 44-21. 
Atlanta was 4-9. They were at San Francisco, who was at 11-2. And in the biggest upset of the day, Atlanta defeats San Francisco by a final score of 29-22. And in the final game last night, Sunday night football, Buffalo Bills were at 9-4. They took on the Pittsburgh Steelers, who were 8-5 in Pittsburgh. Buffalo picks up a big victory on the road in this one by a final score of 17-10. This is the first 10-win season for the Buffalo Bills since 1999. Yes, indeed, that was the team that lost to the Tennessee Titans in the Music City Miracle game, for all of you fans that remember that. So, uh, big-time achievement for the Bills. Uh, they all have a huge game coming up this Saturday against the New England Patriots for potentially their first division championship, I believe, since that 1999 season. Monday Night Football takes place tonight from the New Orleans Superdome, as it is the Indianapolis Colts who are at 6-7, taking on the New Orleans Saints who are at 10-3 entering this game. So... What's on the line tonight? New Orleans wins. They go to 11-3, joining three other teams in the NFC who are 11-3. They include the Seattle Seahawks, the San Francisco 49ers, and, yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, they are my Green Bay Packers. Uh, looking ahead to the college football playoff semifinals games, these games will take place on Saturday, December the 28th. Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl from Atlanta. Number one, LSU, 13-0 SEC champion versus number four, Oklahoma, 12-1 Big 12 champion. That game's at 4 p.m. And in the nightcap, the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl, number two, Ohio State, 13-0, the Big 10 champion. Hang on, number three, Clemson, 13-0, the ACC champion. That game's at 8 p.m. from Tempe. Arizona, excuse me, Glendale, Arizona for that game. New Year's Six Bowl games. Goodyear Cotton Bowl, number 10, Penn State, 10 and 2 from the Big Ten versus number 17, Memphis, 11 and 1 from the American Athletic Conference. That game's at noon on the 28th. Orange Bowl on the 30th of December. It's Monday night. Number 9, Florida, 10 and 2 from the SEC. So number 24, Virginia, 9-4 from the ACC, 8 p.m. kickoff for that game. The annual New Year's Day bowl games, Rose Bowl game. Number 8, Wisconsin, 10-3 from the Big Ten against number 6, Oregon. They are 11-2 from the Pac-12. And in the nightcap, it'll be the Sugar Bowl from the New Orleans Superdome. Number seven, Baylor, 11-2 from the Big 12. Now number five, Georgia, 11-2 from the SEC. That's an 8 p.m. kickoff for that game. So there's your look at the New Year's Six Bowl games for college football. I will be uh, writing down the rest of the bowl games coming up more than likely tomorrow. I have a bowl game helmet sticker that's uh, saved here on my tablet. shows you the bowl games for each team. And along with their helmet, I think that's really cool to look at. I'll uh, write those down tomorrow and make my picks later in the week. Um, had a solid week picking the state championship games. Ended up going 4-2. and two. Um, I picked Lord Botetot. That didn't pick out. And I picked Lake Taylor. That didn't work out either. The rest of them I got right. So that's good. Um, picked Navy over Army. Uh, Navy was the better team going into it this year. And 
just a fantastic year for Navy. They deserve all the credit in the world. Another 10-win season for them. I believe that's their uh, fourth 10-win season in the last 10 years. So a uh, great accomplishment for Navy. And it's going to be very interesting to see how the uh, Naval Academy will fare in their bowl game coming up here in a couple weeks. Uh, NFL yesterday, pretty much a whole hum day, you know, kind of what you expected. Uh, big upset yesterday, Atlanta over San Francisco. A lot of people didn't expect that. Um, feel like San Francisco sometimes plays down to their opponents, and then they play up to whoever they're playing as well. Um, that That's a formula that could get you in trouble as the playoffs approach. But San Francisco has a lot of uh, great players, a lot of great individuals on that team. You got some great running backs and Matt Breida, Tevin Coleman, Jimmy Garoppolo with the quarterback position, George Kittle with the tight end. Got some great defensive leaders. I think the most important piece on that team and the most underrated piece on that team is their field goal kicker, and that is Robbie Gold. Um... Robbie Gold was a, a great field goal kicker for the Chicago Bears for many years and uh, took down Green Bay on a couple different occasions. Um, but, you know, here in San Francisco, he's more of the veteran type leader for that team, and it's a good position for Robbie Gold to be in, and I feel like him and San Francisco is a good fit because he's a very competitive man. He knows how to kick in the big-time situations and, comes out on top more more times than not and that's definitely what you want in a field goal kicker moving forward so it'll be very interesting to see how the seating will play out in the nfc as i mentioned before you have three different teams in the nfc that are 11 and 3 seattle's 11 and 3 san francisco's 11 and 3 green bay's 11 and 3 new orleans at 10 and 3 minnesota is at 9 and 4 and the Dallas Cowboys are at 7-7, seven and seven, along with the Philadelphia Eagles, who are also at 7-7. Seven seven. They'll face off against each other next Sunday in a game that will more than likely determine the NFC East champion and the team that will get to host the first-round playoff game in the wild-card round as the number four seed. Um, don't want to upset any Cowboys or Eagles fans here with my next comment, but I'm going to go ahead and address that situation here because I feel like it needs to be addressed. There has been scenarios in the past that teams with a lesser record have hosted teams with a better record. Um, but it's not quite to the degree that it's going to be for this type of 4-5 or five matchup. More than likely, the NFC East winner is going to be either 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7. and seven. And that fifth wildcard team, more than likely, is going to be 12-4. and four. And um, I just don't think it's right for a team that goes 12-4 and four to have to travel. Um, you know, regardless of division competition, I get it. That's the reward for winning the division, getting to stay home, host a first-round playoff game. Totally understand that and get that point of view if you have that argument. However, here's my counter-argument to you. Okay, you have a team that goes 12-4, and four, and their only losses are two teams that, you know, not per se are better, but look better. I mean, 
what can they do? Like the NFC West this season, the winner of that division is going to have to win 13 games. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Um, if they could get by with 12, I feel like 13 is a, is a must to win the NFC West. And it's it's a good thing for the league that Seattle and San Francisco will be playing each other in Week 17. That game will be for the NFC West Division Championship, and that's rightfully so. Um, if NBC does not flex into, into that game, they're stupid. They need to flex into that one over any other game that's in the week, regardless of what the records are. The NFC West Championship is huge for the seeding in the playoffs because the winner will get the number one seed, have home field advantage throughout the playoffs, and get to host the NFC playoffs. The loser of that game will be the number five seed and have to go to the NFC East champion, whether it be Dallas or Philadelphia in the first round. So there's there's my little take on the NFC East and all that. Uh, I, I get people that are going to bark back at me and say, oh, well, you know, that's, that's what they get for not winning their division. Yes, I totally understand where you're coming from. However, 12 and 4 is better than 8 and 8. And I don't care what division you're in. I don't care what team you are. I don't care if you have a star on your helmet. I don't care if you have 49ers or a Seahawk on the side of your helmet. 12 and 4 is better than 8 and 8. Do not tell me I'm wrong. You can argue me that, yes, winning your division is more important, but you cannot tell me that an 8-18 eight and 18 is better than 12-14. If they prove it on the field, then I'm wrong. You have every right to bark back at me there. But do not tell me that a 12-14 is better than an 8-18. Because they're not. Period. End of story. That's all I'm going to say on that, ladies and gentlemen. So... There's your look back on the VHSL High School Football State Championship weekend, the Army-Navy game, the award winners for college football, a recap of the NFL Week 15 schedule, excluding Monday Night Football tonight, and a look at the New Year's Six Bowl games and what's to come there. And I gave you a little bit of my opinion on the lesser team with the worst record hosting the better team in the wild card round. So, there you go on that. Coming up next week, it will be the year-end ET Considers Everything podcast. It'll be my year-in-review podcast. Uh, I'll give you my favorite moments of the year, what's took place not only in the sports world, but um, what's took place for me personally in backyard wrestling and what took, what's took place for me during the uh, the football season and all of that. Um, I've had some great opportunities, and I'm very thankful for all that. So next week on the ET Considers Everything podcast, it will be a year-end edition, and I will be recording that probably next Monday. And um, It's going to be an honor because I'll, I'll be recording that podcast from a, from a place that's very special to my heart. And, that is at my grandparents' house. Um, you know, I've not talked too much about my grandparents on this podcast because it's a very um, touchy subject, I guess you would call it. But, you know, 
when it comes to Hazel and Clarence Bones, they are the pillars in my life. Um, I've, I've looked up to them for advice throughout the years, and besides my mother and my father, they mean the most to me. And it's going to be my privilege to um, not only be out there next Monday to record this podcast, but to spend the night with them next Monday night because it's the night before Christmas Eve. And Christmas Eve always means so much to our family. Um, we used to always have Christmas Eve dinner out at my grandparents' house for the first 23 years of my life. Um, health problems and just overflowing and growing a family has just caused that tradition to stop. So we haven't been able to do that, but, you know, we go out there and celebrate with them, you know, intermediately with family members. And that's going to mean a lot to me next, next Monday. I look forward to recording my year in podcast and more than likely, I'll do that out on their porch, uh, weather permitting, of course. If not, I'll do it back in the uh, bedroom or something. You know, they've got another little room out there that's really nice and overlooks their property and all that. So either I'm going to do it from the uh, porch that they have or from that little room there connecting to the backyard. So. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I'll go ahead and end the podcast here today. I want to thank you all so much for joining me today. I know this was nearly a 30-minute podcast, and if you've survived the whole thing, I want to thank you very much for tuning in today. If y'all don't mind, tell your friends about this podcast. I'm on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, Pocket Cast, wherever you can get your podcast available, I'm there. Um, like I said, tell your friends about it, tell your family about it. And let people know that E.T. does have a voice and he'll come to you all each and every week with what's taking place in the football world, what's taking place in the sports world. Just a wide variety of topics is going to be discussed on this podcast each week. And um, I can't express to you all how much it means to me to be able to do this. And I know maybe not many people hear it when it's first gone on, but those that do... Those that truly know me know how much it means to me to do these podcasts and very thankful for do it, doing it. So that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you all so much for joining me today. For everybody in my family, for my mother, Chris Stallard, and for my dad, Jimmy Stallard, who's helped me become the man I am today. And of course, my older brother, Matt Mullins, uh, with him, I wouldn't, without him, I wouldn't be the man that I am today being able to talk to you all and have better grammar because he was uh, the man that helped me with my grammar a whole lot growing up so very thankful for that and uh, just everybody in my extended family as well along with my friends my name is E.T. Eric Tyler Mullins and until next week's year end edition of the E.T. Considers Everything podcast with a year in review I'm out hope you all have a wonderful rest of your evening Thank you so much for joining me. Good night, everybody. From E.T. Eric Tyler Mullins.